What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Textual Talk, where I'm your host, HD. Man, we got a, another banger on the way for y'all today, man. We got none other than, I mean, you're probably familiar with her on YouTube or Instagram or LinkedIn. She go by she goes by Dom's Tech Chat, and she's been putting out some helpful videos to help you all try to enter the tech industry as well as continue her career. So without further ado, let's give her a round of applause. <laughs> Hi, hi, hi. <laughs> hey, how's it going? It's good. How about you? Man, you know, another day, another dollar. Can't complain. But um, hey, if everybody just now tuning in, you haven't heard of the channel, this is Textual Chatter, and I do my podcast, The Textual Talk on it, where we discover many things that have to do with tech, non-tech roles, anything that just functioning in the realm of tech is what we cover. And if you'd be interested in that, information please make sure you hit the subscribe button hit the thumbs up button share for the youtube algorithm and if you're listening on spotify or apple Podcasts, any other streaming platform please make sure you favorite the podcast but now let's let our guest uh pretty much she's gonna tell us a little bit about herself and then we're gonna really get cracking <laughs> all right well i'm dominique uh in my day-to-day 95 i am an it support engineer at amazon um so i work on site in one of their warehouses in new jersey um, and then, like, like you said, I have Dom's Tech Chat, which is my online YouTube channel. Now it's a blog. Um, and I've been trying to be active on different social medias. LinkedIn's kind of the most prominent one um, where I post career advice, certification advice, document my own journey as I'm going through it since I'm still kind of early in my career just to try to help people out and to give more representation of Black women in tech. Uh, appreciate that. That's uh, it's pretty cool. I, I, a lot of people are like, I must say, scared. Maybe don't I know they don't really realize the how time consuming like a YouTube channel actually can be. And then, oh my gosh, I wish I knew before I started. <laughs> yeah, then add in effect. Some people say I don't like how I sound or what I'm gonna talk about, or they worry about the equipment, or it, it's a lot. Like I've been over the well, year and a half of just doing the channel. I probably like invested like a lot into the channel. Uh, but yeah, I was looking at yours. I was like, you have so many videos out. I can only imagine how long that took you. Um, so the thing about me, and we'll get into your your tech stuff in a second, was the fact that like I had previous experience with a, another YouTube channel that I already have. I just don't post on no more. That's related mm-hmm. to like sports. And towards the end of that channel, I started watching a lot of Nick Neiman and Think Media videos. So I knew when I saw this video, I had to prove okay. I don't really have to worry about subs or anything like that. I really just have to worry about, am I providing value? And if I'm providing value, people will eventually show up and people will subscribe. And that's kind of what I was worried about. Providing value, being consistent, uh, good audio, good quality, and then learning how to edit. And those are some of the things I do now. It's just time to take it to the next level, which I have been doing, you know, as in, you know, reacting to videos like yours and others that I see on YouTube. Because I don't think it's a lot of people that react to tech related uh, videos or give like, yeah. you know, just an honest critique on it. If, if it's good or if it's bad advice or whatever. Okay. So that's the other lane I've kind of jumped into. It's kind of easier for me to do somewhat instead of like, I do like script out videos, but this is easier to do. If I just need to get some content out, I could do that like in one take and then edit it. Cause I'm pretty much sure of what everything I say, but right. <laughs> We'll get back into that uh, a little later, but uh, so we'll say 
before you know you were a support engineer what were you doing before then like uh it's the support engineer role your first tech role and if it is what did you do that made you get interested in it and you know how long was that process and you probably covered it in your videos before but i don't think i watched that video i don't, i didn't go super in depth because it's a lot to explain a little bit hey, <laughs> so hey go ahead <laughs> the support engineer role it's a weird one like i tell people all the time um it was probably closer almost somewhat to like a network engineer role. Like in the Amazon warehouse, I'm like the third point of escalation on the team. Um, so most of the time I'm not really running tickets unless, like I said, it's a network related issue. For the most part, we're running projects. We're the ones running the life cycles. We're the ones like any new initiative that corporate decides they want to do. We're the ones that get that get handed off to. So for me, it was a big jump because my background was help desk. Like when I started my YouTube channel, I was still working at help desk. Um, and I guess before I got this job, I was in IT for maybe like two, three years. And I had three different roles, technically kind of more two, cause I went back to the old job but anyway. And those were all help desk jobs. So for me, this was a big jump because this was my first time dealing with things in person. This was my first time dealing with switches, my first time dealing with servers. Like it was a big jump for me, especially coming from help desk. Um, and so that was another reason too why I wanted to bring it up on the channel because and that was the video that you reacted to. Doing that jump from help desk is scary a lot of times because when you go on these interviews or when you're talking to recruiters, they always want that hands-on experience. And like, if you didn't lab with it, it gets really scary to like just touch things in a production environment. Like that'd be your first time touching it. Yeah, it's funny. I actually saw a meme today. It's like, welcome to tech <laughs> where the interview is harder than the actual job. <laughs> Oh my, Amazon's interview process, and that's why I made a video kind of like a little bit touching on it, even though I couldn't go that deep because I didn't want to get fired. But like uh -huh. their interview process is so intense and it's a running joke among us that like you study so hard for the interview and then you don't need to know any of it like once you're on the job. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, I've heard about their process before. Like Sometimes you might think you got it in the bag. You made it to X whatever level around and then find out they didn't you know um get you i tell uh, everyone i thought i didn't get this job when i got the offer letter i was like oh that was unexpected because they designed like the interview process for you to feel like definitely. like you're not getting things right. <laughs> right and um i saw the news i mean about them like are they doubling like and and if this is too much uh no, go ahead. Is, yeah, right. If this is too much um, to get into your, you know, your private life or whatever, let me know. But I saw that they are like, like, I don't know if they're like doing everybody's salary like to that uh, 300K limit or they're just trying to double it. I don't know what they plan on doing, but uh, I, I saw that on LinkedIn and other, you know, outlets today. I mean, you don't have to say like what you get paid forever, but like, <laughs> is that is that true? Yeah, so we got, um, it's funny, we, we found out after it was released on the news. So that was kind of like a thing where it's like, we found out the same time as the public. Um, it looks like they're looking to increase base pay because like anybody that's ever worked with Amazon or gotten their offers before, you realize like their big thing all the time is RSUs. And they'll use that a lot of times to like offset the base pay. So like, and I've heard people say like in terms of thing companies, a lot of times Amazon will be lower in base pay, but they try to make up for it and stop. So, but I think they're starting to realize that that method isn't working the best for them in terms of like trying to attract the best talent. So they're trying to flip that a little bit. Um, we're interested to kind of see how it's going to affect people that are already working there. 
Um, Because, you know, they tend to be very generous when you're first getting started. But once you're in, it gets a little bit harder (laughs) to get get a raise or to get money up, which is like any other company. But it's definitely true for them. So we're waiting to see. (laughs) Yeah, I know every so often, like, uh, well, every company I've been in the last, what, four or five years, does like the cost of living adjustment and then... You know, I get bonuses. Uh, I still hadn't gotten up somewhere where they give me like stock, which I I want to do that. Like, I don't know. It depends. Like, I would love to do like a startup thing somewhere if it's the right fit just to get that those stock mm-hmm. and, and see where they go. But sometimes you don't last because some, them people don't be know what they be doing. Yeah. Honestly. The stock thing is hard for me because like, hey, I don't really know what to do with stocks. <laughs> that's still an area I'm trying to familiarize myself with a little bit more. Um, And a lot of companies, like their vesting schedule, like you don't really touch stocks until like year three or four. And um, I got a a book you can use. I think it's okay. You can keep talking. No, you're okay. Yeah. So you don't really touch stocks until year three or four, which is um, hard because like, as we always know, and I say this a lot too on my channel, I, will hop jobs to get the best like pay increase because a lot of times that's the best way to do it so it's hard to try to decide like if you're going to stay and write it out of the company just to get the stocks or if it makes more sense economically to just try to go to another place and get an actual raise yeah definitely um that was something i was talking about uh, i think me and djx was talking about that uh, on our episode which actually it don't matter because all these are pre-recorded but it's gonna be dropping <laughs> this week <laughs> um, anyways Let's get into because that, that that's some more interesting talk. Because you know the funny thing is that's something like unless you know people who've been in environments where like you get stock options or RSUs or whatever, nobody knows what to do with it. So if you hadn't been around somebody who can't explain to you, all right, look, it's gonna take three four years for us to vest, and then boom, wherever you go, it don't matter because you already put the time in. You could do whatever what you want with the stocks uh, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But. We'll we'll fo- we'll focus back just a little bit on uh, your previous experience. So, in total, around how many years of IT experience do you have? Total, I think I'm coming up on three and a half, which is weird because it feels like way longer. But then when I was looking at my LinkedIn the other day, I was like, oh, it actually hasn't been that long. <laughs> Um, So my thing was, is that I went to school for uh, computer science. So New Jersey has this really cool program called NJSARS, where it's like, if you graduate in the top 15% of your class, you get to go to community college for free. That's why I did. Um, And as I was getting to the... As I was getting to the end of my associates, you know, I was talking about like transferring for my four year degree and I started looking at those prices and I was like, "Mm, I'm gonna just figure something out. So I stopped going to school um, and I did like retail at Best Buy for a little bit and I was studying for my A plus. I got my A plus certification and that's when I got my first help desk job. Um, Now, I'm not sure if you I think we talked about this. I think was your first job a contract job, too? Yeah, so I was a contractor for uh, TSA, but I already knew that they was going to bring us on for the actual company within like six Mm -hmm. months. Okay, so mine, it was like we were a contractor. It was kind of like, yeah, you're going to get the job, but like they started playing like that game of like, oh, we're supposed to have hired you, but then they got bought out and they're like, oh, we don't know. So I left (laughs) and I went to Comcast and there, that one, it was like a help desk job, but it was 
it was a cool experience too because it was kind of like in their security department which cool. even though like cybersecurity is not really my forte i know that's your thing that's what comes up on this channel a lot but i never was super interested in cybersecurity but it was cool to kind of have like that little bit of experience with it especially at a company like comcast like seeing how security works in relation to like isp and just home and commercial networks um so i did that for a while and then this one's so bad because I left that job because I wanted a work from home job. Um, and I left that job on March 10th, 2020. And then everyone was work from home. So kind of left for no reason, but it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so I went it's like, back only to uh, Literally, if I had just waited two weeks, but it's okay. Cause they were playing my schedule. There was a couple factors in that, but still. So I went back to the right. old job I was contracting at because I always kept a good relationship with them, which is another thing I always tell people, like, try to make friends at your jobs because I was cool with everyone on that team. So, like, I literally texted my friend and I was like, hey, like, this job is kind of playing with my stuff a little bit. Like, do you guys need me back? And he was like, oh, we'll hire you back in a moment. He's like, be right back. He's like, I'm going to go talk to the manager. And like within like two hours, he was like, give Chris a call. Like, you can have your job back. So I came back for them and I was working full time um, and I did that until August, uh, no, my bad, June of this year, which is when I got the Amazon job. So altogether, yeah, it was about like two years before I was doing that support engineer and that was all pure help desk. So phone okay. stuff, account creation, all that good stuff. Yeah, I was going to actually ask you about that as far as what type of help desk was it? Like I mean, you said it was at ISP, but what did you actually do in your portion of help desk? Because some people's help desk, they don't do much for route tickets. Then you have the other help desk, they actually do things. Uh, what were like, right. what did you do? So that was kind of the difference between the two. So the main one, the one I was at the longest was the, um, that company I went back to, that was an insurance company. Um, and that one was cool because even though we were a pretty small department, we did get to like touch more things. than I realized like other help desks really get to touch. Like I got to go do stuff in exchange admin. I got to play around in active directory all day. Um, and like, as you work your way up through the tiers, you get to do more things like account creation. By the time I was leaving, I was working on special projects with the security team, like working with like Cisco Umbrella and like site blocking and all that stuff. So like we had that opportunity to kind of like hop around and get different experience um, and actually work on like industry standard, um, like technology, like everything I worked on at that job, I ran into later <laughs> for the most part, or I could find in another company. It was all windows products citrix like all stuff that like you find so, all over again so technically like i've been telling people <clears throat> oh, honestly you really was like sis admin even though it was help desk because a lot of people in help desk do a lot of sis admin work but how they get you is they pigeonhole you as help desk and then it affects your pay <clears throat> mm, yeah sorry. so definitely and that was and that was my thing too was like when i was looking to finally like leave that job because like I was overtaking 50 calls a day. Um, I was looking at sysadmin. <laughs> sysadmin roles is what I was looking for. Like I was looking for junior sysadmin. And that was when I was running into that issue where like during calls and stuff, like they're like, okay, when was the last time like you touched the server? I'm like, mm, never have. <laughs> like, and that would kind of like be my roadblock that I ran into. But this is why too, like now I'm so into networking because like the reason I finally was able to get out of Hubless and get this job was like the black tech community, like being able to go online. When I started my YouTube channel, when I started Instagram, 
(laughs) I started networking with all these different people and it got me just a lot more comfortable with approaching people. So when it got time for where I wanted to apply, I literally went on Twitter. I was like, hey, Black Tech Twitter, there's a job I really think I'd be a good fit for for Amazon. Like, is there anybody I could talk to? Um, And then I also like went on Twitter, found people with the Black Tech hashtag that worked at Amazon and kind of like interacted with their contacts. And one of the girls DM'd me and she ended up giving me a referral. And then I ended up getting another referral from LinkedIn um, because one of the guys was a diversity and inclusion recruiter, Mm -hmm. which also, if you are a minority, find those diversity and inclusion recruiters. (laughs) They are much more likely to help you out. Um, And he gave me a referral too. And after that, like I got a call back within a week after applying. Nice, nice. Um, that's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> you just got me flashbacks, man, about them fifty calls a day. Uh, I think. Oh my! I used to call it my fifty call headache. <laughs> you see, about ten calls on, uh, in the red on call uh, waiting. You be like, "What is everybody else doing?" You know, that's why I used to get fed up with it because I was knocking out calls fast. I mean, it wasn't that hard. I knew some people was over there BSing on the calls. And I was like, mm-hmm. Bro, uh, look, I think 30 was cool. But then when it started going past 30 and I was doing more than people that were sitting next to me on the same call, I didn't did five and they did one. I was like, oh, no, this ain't it, chief. Literally, that's why I was telling people. I was like, I'm literally doing the work of two people. Like, and it helped, like, and the reason I stayed for as long as I did was because, like, even though, like, the job itself was stressing me out, I had such a good team. Like, my manager on that team, shout out to Chris, he was such a good manager. Like, he would give Mm -hmm. me anything I needed. Like, if I was like, "Mm," like, I kind of need a week off, he'd be like, boom, have the week off. Like, so because of that, that's why I stayed so long. Um, But yeah, I was definitely over it, especially because, like, after a while, like, when you're learning stuff and you're studying stuff, like, you get sick of doing the same calls over and over again. Like it's just repeats and you're kind of like, I know I can do better. Like I know I can do more. That's look, that's, that's big fix. Uh, one day I might have like a help desk, <laughs> like live stream, like people who did help this for, we just talk about it. Uh, me talk and, about our PTSD. <laughs> right. Kev Tech and I actually got something coming up next month. So that'd be pretty interesting as well. Um, but so what we'll do is we'll go into like, I know you, how long is like Amazon's like interview process without saying too much, but like, what's the typical amount of rounds it, it takes? It does it go based on what type of position you are interviewing for, or is it standardized across the board? Like how, how does, how did that go? So I will say like the cool thing with Amazon's interview process it is pretty standardized and they try to not drag it out. Like you're normally not going to be coming back on premises two, three times for an interview. Um, but it's still a lot. They just pack it into a very short period of time. Um, so it's like you have your, um, you're supposed to have, depending on the role, sometimes you might have like an initial like phone screen or like, um, online, like video interview, but you're not talking to an actual person. Um, and then typically after that, you have like your phone interview, which most of the time is going to be more technical. Cause that's just kind of like to screen out, like if you have the base technical knowledge needed. And then after that, you have the loop. <laughs> which is the one that everyone dreads. So you're supposed to, on the loop, have like five interviews in one day. I somehow lucked out and I only had two, I think, for mine. Um, So it does depend a little bit too on your position. Like I'm like, at Amazon's like a level four. So that's like the very beginning of like their corporate level roles. I think because of that, like they go a little bit easier on my position. But for the most part, you'll have like 
five hour long interviews back to back in one day. Yeah, I know for my position now, it, uh, they scheduled the whole thing to be three and a half hours, and I interviewed with like four people. Like, like I currently work with now, so it was Zoom, mm-hmm. and it was like, "Hey, you gonna this itinerary? You gonna interview this person? Have a little break? Interview this person? Have a break? And then interview this person? Have a break?" So, uh, I've also did the that weird in, thing with it. Oh, no, I, I was gonna <laughs> say I also did it in person uh, when I interviewed for Ernst and Young like two years ago. Uh, it was the same thing. Mm-hmm. Except it was like back to back four different people not really knowing what to prepare for, which is a, it's a learning experience. That's what I'll say about that. <laughs> but yeah, with the virtual interviews and because Amazon's so big, it does change it a little bit because this was my first time ever interviewing and not having interviewed once with somebody I was going to work with. Like my last two, like those loop interviews with some guys in Ohio. And like, I remember like I messaged the recruiter and I was like, um, like, I just want to make sure you guys have me for the right role. Cause like everyone I'm interviewing with is in Ohio. And she was like, yeah, you know, like we just need more people to interview. So like they have people out there doing it. So like when I walked in on my first day, that was definitely nerve wracking. Cause I was like, I didn't meet anybody. <laughs> so y'all are, y'all are hybrid or remote. Um, uh, how, how is that going? It depends on your position. So at my job, um, I'm doing like I'm on site at the warehouse. So most of the time I'm on site. Like there's a couple of times like a week where we might be able to work remote. But that very much depends on your manager. Like some managers are very much sticklers for like you have to be on site or some is more flexible. Um, but just kind of like the nature of the position, like we have to be there in case something breaks. So we're, we're there normally. <laughs> OK, um, good enough for me. <laughs> so, uh, and like I said, you can always say no comment uh, to this, but you know, we've always talked about how people try to give help desk roles a bad rep and stuff like that, but how pivotal they are for a lot of people's success in their career. Uh, and I know one of the reasons why help desk gets like, you know, a bad name or something, because most of the time it's the most overworked yet underpaid position in the company. Mm-hmm. Like it's always high turnover, and sometimes if you don't have a good manager like that, like it's it's just you know it's it's hell. But I guess I'll say like, well, I don't know. You're in the well, East Coast though, so I don't know. Like, what are help desk salaries right like on, on that on the East Coast? I know they're probably a little mm. bit more than the South, but I mean, are they? I mean, you know, you can give a ballpark. Yeah, ours ours trend a little bit higher because like where we are, and it does depend a little bit. Like New Jersey's weird because depending on what half of the state you're on, like it can range a lot too. Because once you get closer to New York, it goes higher. Um, but like normally, so like I said, I think you saw my post about one time. My first job where I was contract was $15 an hour. Um, once I was full time, it was like 22. And I think like I have a friend that just got a help desk job and I think they're sitting around like 22. So I think that's kind of like the general range it's around, mm-hmm. like around like. See, I'm surprised <laughs> they're paying that low because like, for example, for me, uh, it was like my contract thing was like 17 and then I pretty much ended up getting like 20 something with like doing overtime and stuff. So I was putting me at around like I, I got a video on this, but that's put me around I think like 45K you know, mm-hmm. a, a year at the time. But I was surprised that I would think it will be a little bit more of a bigger difference. Um, I think the thing is, is like especially around here, it's so so many people like they get so many applicants that they can kind of like play with the money a little bit because they're going to get someone like they don't really have to fight to get someone yeah and, I th- and that's the thing with my, my hometown like where when the help desk was in uh well, i'm from shreveport louisiana the help desk was actually in bozier city 
most places, companies are pretty smart. They kind of do their mm-hmm. research on what people get paid around the area. So they offer mm-hmm. them something that's probably just a little bit more better than average. And people think it's a lot of money. I think that's one of the, the, the bigger issues about why people get stuck in help desk. They'll make more than normal than what everybody else is making and think that's good enough. Meanwhile, if you got people that mm-hmm. know, that got friends of people that know what they're making, like, man, we getting overworked and we need to get paid more. Like in my instance at the company, we was already getting overworked. We really was the reason why that, that they built a whole new building out there because we had a, the, one of the biggest contracts, that TSA contract. But number two, we found that other people in the company were getting bonuses. And we was like, hold on, y'all getting bonuses and we ain't getting nothing. And we found out if they don't yep. get the bonuses out, then the managers got to keep the money. Like, it was, you know, it, it was a mess. They play with it a lot. Like, and I was always, too, like, my thing with help desk, like, when I talk about it, I'm always like, get the experience. Because, like, it's great experience. Like, that one year it's of like help desk experience, like, right. It, like, it shapes you as, like, a technician. Like, it shapes how you troubleshoot. Like, that's stuff, like, you can't really learn until you have to do it. And trust me, you would much rather want to figure out troubleshooting, working on somebody's like mouse driver than working on networking equipment. Like <laughs> you want to like work out those kinks early. Um, but oh, there's something I was about to say and I lost it. You talking about getting the experience to help this. Right. So like once you have that experience, like you just want to make that jump. And I remember my whole thing, like that was my thing too. I wasn't trying to leave my job that hard until I got on tech Twitter. And you know, everybody on tech Twitter is always talking about how much they make. And I was like, why am I making $22 an hour? Like, <laughs> like what, what happened here? <laughs> like, so that's my thing too, is I always try to remind people, like, don't get so locked in and like the job that you're at and like the people that are around you at work, like focus on yourself and your potential. Cause like, I promise you the money's out there. Like, so you might as well just go get it. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, this this to be the last thing, the last question that's really money related. Like, was it like a, you know, because you're telling you had a fame company. Was like a huge jump from where you left to where you went to Amazon? Let me tell you. Did you even even negotiate? That's what I'm about to tell you. I walked into that phone call. I had written down what I wanted. I had written down the salary I wanted, the stocks I wanted. The number she gave me was ten thousand dollars more than I was going to ask for. And the crazy <laughs> and thing is, you like, could ask for more. <laughs> no, so what's weird is I found out like this position, like they don't really let you negotiate. Oh. So yeah, so that was weird, but I wasn't complaining because it was perfect <laughs> for what I needed. <laughs> but yeah, that for me it was a big jump, and that's why I'm so big on it now. Like once people have a year of helpless experience, I'm like, we gotta get you out, like. We, we got to get you out. Yeah, I always say like six months to a year. Anything after that, they try to rope you into it. And like, yeah. you know, the crazy thing is I, I constantly, you know, meet with people that's either they previously helped us or sis admin. And they're like, man, I'm trying to get in cyber. And I'm like, bro, you've been doing cyber stuff. You're just not selling it. Like I get to talking to them. I pull it all out of them. And they was like, oh, I do know some stuff. I was like, yes, you do. <laughs> so we yeah. just got to frame it and, um, and sell it to the right person. Um, but... That that's dope. Uh, I know for me, like when I got when I left the knock and I went and got my first sock roll, it was like I didn't even nego- I didn't negotiate either, man. I think it was like <laughs> I want to say thirty plus thirty k more plus a year. So I didn't even mm-hmm. negotiate. I was like, like <laughs> I told the story in I think my first episode, and I was just like I was playing ball at LA Fitness. I hadn't heard from them in a while. 
So a couple of weeks, a week or two before that, I had reached out to the guy I met at the hiring event for Intel. Um, then all of a sudden they reached back out and uh, my manager at that time, I know it's going to be my manager, reached out to me and said, hey, can you come to uh, the place today? I was like, yeah. So I stopped hooping. I put, I went and put on a suit and everything. Things, thing we found for interview. <laughs> I put that suit on. I only to have it on, on, on for about like five minutes tops. So he was like, hey, you know, so when can you start? And I was like, tomorrow if you need me to. <laughs> and uh, they sent me this stuff. And I, I forgot what I did after that, but I was like, it was just funny. Um, so I do always have to tell some people that like a lot of times when it comes to tech, like, it's going to be a mix of hard work and um, luck. I, I mean, yeah. like the luck of the, the draw, like wherever, you know, everything falls. Like when it falls the right way for you, I say run with it. Right. That's the thing, too, is like I try. I feel like I fell into that trap a lot, like even like really, really early in my career. Like if you ever notice my content or the way I am, I'm a very planned person. Like I'm very like. I try to always plan out my next steps. Like everything's always very calculated. And I had to kind of like let that go career-wise for a couple of things. Like, yeah, you don't know what opportunity is going to come next. Like, for example, I, I'm going to be honest, if my manager's hearing this, I hate networking. Okay. I always have, I hated studying networking. I would study for my net plus. And I would give up halfway through because I just never enjoyed networking. And then I'm in this job where it's like super networking intensive. And I was just I was like, about to ask you about that. So I'm glad you, you're getting into that part. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this job is super networking intensive. It's what I didn't want to do. And I'm just like, well, we gotta make it work. Like, and of course now, like once I'm doing it, like I'm really comfortable with the stuff that's a part of like my job duties. But guess what? I was still looking at the CCNA material and I was like, nope, don't want to do it. So <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you just kind of have to be like flexible with what comes up because you never know. And I feel like I'm kind of like in this weird spot where it's like, I have such a good platform to jump off now. Right. Cause like I have this thing name on my resume and I'm like, what do I want to do with it? <laughs> like, Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I did touch on that. Like what, what was the learning curve to get into that networking stuff? Like uh, how, how long did it take you kind of like to grasp that? Like, no. So the thing I always tell people from working at now, like a couple of big companies and small companies, big companies love automation. And for the most part, like if you're not in the automation department, they automate a lot of stuff for you. Like even when I was working at Comcast, like a lot of the security stuff, like I was mitigating DDoS attacks, but like not really. I was pressing the button that mitigated DDoS attacks and just checking the logs to make sure like nothing was going wrong. Like, so that's very similar at um, Amazon. Like a lot of stuff is automated. Like you still need to understand what the automation is doing to making sure that you're not messing stuff up. Um, but I normally don't have to do a lot manually. And like, if I do, it's very basic stuff. It's like just getting the switch up. So then I can like throw the configuration file onto it. Um, so that's okay. the other thing is kind of like, I felt like I psyched myself out a lot when I was starting, but like you can f- you fake it till you make it. <laughs> Your energy reminds me a lot of uh, Annalise. Shout out to Lise. Uh, <laughs> so we'll go into, uh, I guess, a little bit of LinkedIn. And because you brought up LinkedIn and Twitter, actually, both of these, because I put in my ebook mm-hmm. that 
I'm like, I was like, surprisingly, I was like, Twitter is like a good networking tool as well. You got to know how to use it right. Granted, I pulled back on Twitter. I'm not really on Twitter like that. Like I used to I be. noticed that. <laughs> it had to. Um, I get more done. It's easier for me just to tweet off my Buffer mm-hmm. app. And sometimes I'm on my Android and I'll tweet. But as for my iPhone, you know, if I could do the same thing with uh, Instagram, I probably would do the same. Um, mm-hmm. Just because, you know, you get into the app and then you're doing all the scrolling, which is cool. I like coming in and seeing engaging, but it can get to the point where it just pull you away from doing stuff that you need to do. Like, uh, yeah, I, I might find me in us responding back to stupid stuff on, on Twitter uh, just because <laughs> now sometimes it's strategic and the other times I was like, it, it don't matter. But. Yeah. Out of the two, I guess what you say, like LinkedIn has probably been the best one for your career overall. Yeah, I would say LinkedIn is the best just because it has the most reach. Like you can put up a post on LinkedIn and only have 300 like connections and you look at the views and I got like 10,000 views just because like the right person shared it. Um, And like because of that like if you're someone that's not the most sociable because like a lot of people are introverts like they don't like going on the internet and just interacting with random people linkedin is going to give you the most bang for your buck and also it's like linkedin's already kind of like a black um like bragging platform so like you can literally just go on there and talk about yourself and it still works out for you for the most part like obviously it's works a lot better if you try to like interact with people and help people like that's going to give you like the most benefit out of it. But like, if you don't want to, you can just go on there and post the stuff you're working on for the week and it might fall into the right recruiters timeline. Definitely. I mean, I got some posts. Like I put like in my book, like people tell you like, it's no cap. Cause I put all the stuff that I do in my mm-hmm. career in there. And I had a couple of uh, posts recently that like got so many eyes. It was just like crazy. Uh, and that's why I like actually just started doing a little bit more marketing on LinkedIn because those are people are actually serious about their career. And um, that's the reason why I made the push to actually use that more. I kind of got off a little bit last week because I got super busy. But, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I, I prefer it. Uh, I, so many years I was underutilizing it. And then when I finally started utilizing it correctly, you know, my career really started taking off. Yeah, I feel like we kind of started like using it more at the same time because kind of like that end of like December, beginning of January period, I started posting on LinkedIn more and I was like, I should have been doing this forever ago. Um, Because especially like I was so used to like when I first started, I did like Instagram. And for me, Instagram is really hard to get that same reach. Like you can put up a post and yeah, so it's harder to kind of like get it to people. Like you said, people on Instagram, they don't go on there for their career on Instagram. So if you're doing like, career products or career content like you're not going to get that same interaction with it um so like instagram's cool but like i don't you gotta really flex like you gotta flex like lifestyle on instagram a, a, a little bit to get some people interested in what you got going right which is never my vibe like i'm just like mm, yeah. it is what it is <laughs> me too me too um I remember, I think I seen you studying for whatever. Let's talk about, because initially we scheduled to do this before this date. And then I believe yeah. you were taking a test and you passed the test. I saw it on LinkedIn. And that was, yeah. was a PMP? No, that one was my uh, certified scrum master. And okay. so funny enough today, right before we started filming this, I got my certified scrum product owner today. <laughs> so I knocked those both out. Um, I started doing those because, 
Thank you. I'm not sure if you were on for um, Kanika Tolver's Twitter space when she was doing talking about Scrum. Um, hold on, hold on, wait, 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 wait. Let's interject. How long, how many weeks ago was that? Mm, it was probably like three weeks before I took the class. It was probably like two months ago. Okay, never mind then, because I know she did a, a space and it was spurred by my tweet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one was a couple weeks ago. I remember that one. <laughs> yeah, she did one after that. I was like, you know, I was just, be, I was just being funny. I was like, hey, so am, y'all going to follow me and give me my my uh, props because I started this. You know, I'm the master of chaos. <laughs> and that's, that's another reason why I know that. I like, I like being the master of chaos, but everybody be trying to respond and they don't know that I'm as witty as I am. And... <laughs> Like they be trying to test me, so that's why I was like, it's best I I come back on here in spurts. But when I come back, I'm gonna come back like Woody did on Toy Story. <laughs> when he kicked up on that thing <laughs> and he did that little walk to Jesse. <laughs> Just coming with chaos, but yeah, I did her Twitter space, and I'm in this weird spot right now where it's like I kind of you know it's so bad too. Like when I started my channel, my whole thing was like I wanted to give representation of like women in IT who weren't coding, mm-hmm. but now. I'm kind of starting to like coding again. Um, <laughs> so I'm starting to kind of like lean towards that way. I'm not sure if you, if you, I know you haven't been on Twitter the last couple of weeks, but like the hundred devs program started um, and I ended up getting peer pressured into starting that program. And I've been really liking it. Like what, uh, we've been doing- at your company. No, it's um, it's a free boot camp um, with this guy Leon Leon Noel. Um, he works at a nonprofit that's not too far away from me. He started okay. an online like free web development boot camp, and it's great. Like you learn a lot. Like literally within three weeks of that program, like I went from like coding like a basic HTML page to like being able to make a five page website at work like for an assignment. Like I just did it. So nice. after that, I, was I just like, use weeks for everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cause it's funny because like I just made my website the month before, and like that I did like WordPress, Elementor for all of it. Like just I hate drag WordPress because it's so um, <laughs> so unsecure, and you constantly yeah. have to go in and look at your plugins, and and you really have to have a really. It's best to probably find a person who's built websites that got a little bit of security background with WordPress to just mm-hmm. make sure your stuff is safe because. Uh, I have a friend that had a website that somebody built for them on WordPress who didn't secure it at all, not even with just the basic stuff. And so they have like mm-hmm. some malware on their site that um, I didn't get a chance to remove just because I just wasn't familiar with the back end. I'm, I took their site down for a little while by accident, but I got it back up <laughs> through research. I'm going to need you to send me some like website security courses, just slide on my way. I don't want to be one of those people <laughs> giving people a vulnerable website. Um, but yeah, I've been really enjoying the web development. And so the cool thing was, is like, I was doing, I listened to that Twitter space. I was like, okay, eventually I want to be a scrum master. And like, that's still on my plan, but like, you can't really be one without having experience working like on a scrum team or being like in a position, position of leadership, like on a scrum team. Um, and I was kind of like, web developers are always on a scrum team for the most part, because all these companies like using agile, um, so yeah, right now I'm just trying to like merge and blend the two. I'm gonna keep posting about it on LinkedIn. See if anybody wants to give me a little junior developer role. <laughs> <laughs> How you been um, learning Jira? Jira, I have it on my list. Like literally, I have a Udemy course staring at me for Jira in there. And like Kanika tweeted about it again today, and I was like, mm, I really should do that course. I've been swamped though. Like I brought it up too. 
trust me, I know about being swamped. Like uh, <laughs> that, this like in itself is like you know uh, a sacrifice. It skips the time that the babies are in there. Luckily, they're quiet right now. I guess maybe Chick Fil A <laughs> made them go to sleep or something. Uh, that's the fact. Just scheduling yeah. everything. So you kind of answered my what's next thing. So the what's next is more so to be a scrum master. Yeah, right eventually. now it looks like, yeah, eventually. It looks like right now the next step is going to be probably like software engineer and then scrum master. So I have been doing a lot of networking. I've been doing a lot of coffee chats with engineers. I have like, I had two last week, I had two scheduled this week. Also, if anybody's listening to this and is a software engineer, feel free to hit me up for a coffee chat. I'm always available <laughs> just because I'm just <laughs> trying to like feel yeah. out my options. Um so like I said, like I'm in a cool spot right now where I'm not rushing to get a new job. So I'm just trying to be really like uh, strategic with my next step. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I thought you were going to say you also was going to look into DevOps as well. Everyone always says that too with DevOps. Like literally I have somebody I only said that because you said it. something about like the dev stuff. So I was like, okay. I, I'm not against it. I will say that I'm not against it. It's just not something I haven't like looked into like really like i've always heard about it but it's and i know like i understand like the basic premise of it but it's nothing that i've ever like done like a deep dive on because for the longest i thought i wasn't going to touch coding anymore and then this was was a recent change okay definitely and um since it is black history month (laughs) how is it uh being like a black woman that works at fang like how how's your experience been so far like uh pretty cool it's in the middle kind of neutral strongly agree slightly disagree you know that little bs <laughs> stuff they ask us uh how's so, the experience been for you i mean it's it's a little weird so my position's weird too right because like i am in the warehouse so because of that like you get a lot less women in like tech and thing companies anyway you get even smaller amount who are willing to go into a dirty behind warehouse all week um and work there so because of that like when i started my team we have like a team of like maybe like 20 25 when i started on my team i was the only woman <laughs> like point blank period which is my first time i know that was rough ever having yeah let me tell you i started wearing a fake ring to work but <laughs> that probably, honestly see that probably made it worse why does everyone say that you are not the first person to say that that's that's why like no not to even make this conversation with me about that but that's why some men choose not to wear that ring because like i don't want to do this to to women because they're gonna bash me they're gonna drag me you know what you know what this that's what i'm gonna say to that <laughs> slide past it but yeah so that was hard it was hard because like I have a pretty high position like on my team so that's another thing like I had a pretty high position I'm the only girl on the team and also for the most part like I'm one of the youngest like a lot of the guys on my team are like 10 years older than me and like it's uh-huh, cool like I'm I get along with you. you don't know what you're talking about I've been doing this for right, years I've done this while you was in high school yeah, and like even like one of my favorite coworkers, I'll probably send this episode to him for him to listen. Like we even got into it like in my first like month or two because I was just like, mm, you're not gonna talk to me like I'm crazy. Like we're gonna speak as peers, <laughs> just because. And but like, exactly. <laughs> but it's hard because it's like you do have to set that boundary. And like I have a cool team at this point. I've proven myself enough where it's like it's not an issue. 
but that was an adjustment. And thankfully now like we do have like two other women on the team. Like they're not like at the same rank as me, but at least it's just nice to not be the only girl. girl power. Um, yeah, I'm definitely still the only woman of color though. And like, there's not a lot of those, um, in my position, like even just nationally, there's not that many. Yeah. I got you. Um, but it's cool. Cause it gives me special opportunities. Like that whole five page website I built was because like, so my, I have my boss who's like the IT manager and then his boss is the regional. Um, she's a woman. So she took like a special interest in me and kind of like tapped me to join like this new woman in IT group that they're doing. And like, I okay. got to build the webpage to launch it because of that. So like it, it has so, its pros and cons. Y'all, y'all so, um, so United, no, I can't, <laughs> I can't recall something like that happened to me at work. Um, I can, I guess, yeah. but not to that extent, but that's cool. Um, Hats off to you uh, to really, you know, get out of help desk and now get like a fang company on your resume for at least a year plus is big. You know, you can go anywhere and work just about now and do pretty much something technical, non-technical, wherever about you want to go. So uh, hats mm-hmm. off for you. Um, so let's get into kind of what we were talking about a little bit in the beginning. I'm going to drag it out because uh, I know it's getting late on your end, but far as content creation, far as like the, the YouTube and all that, you know, what, uh, I think we said it in the beginning, but I want to make sure again, so I don't uh, misquote you. What made you want to start the YouTube channel again? So it's funny. And I tell everybody, it's the same story. I don't even remember. I think I was going for my AWS cloud. No, my Azure, the AZ 900, which was my first video. Um, and I was Googling questions about it and it started hitting me that like, every time I Google these questions, you get kind of like the same demographic of people coming up when you Google these type of questions. And I was like, man, like, I really wish like we had like more like black women, not just black women in tech representation, but like black women in IT. Cause like, I don't want like these girls that are in school, like to think that if they don't program that they can't get a job in tech, you know? Um, And so literally I was just like, man, like, I'm gonna go make a YouTube, I guess. Like I'll be the brown face that pops up when you Google the question. So I started making YouTube. <laughs> sure, let's see right now. Cause you know, it's funny. I actually have a video that I actually have scripted out as I hadn't had the time to, to um, shoot yet uh, about that. Yeah. Let's see. And shout out to you <laughs> because I watched whatever video you did. I don't know what search you took recently, but, um, you're talking about Wiz Labs, and uh, I went to Wiz mm-hmm. Labs. Okay, that's a big video for you. It's crazy. You, Day <laughs> Springs first, um, then it's uh, this other dude, and then you're the fourth video. So that's good, like, that's good search right there for you to be number four. Yeah. I'm coming to take uh, number three, it, just letting you know. <laughs> I can't go for it, too. <laughs> But yeah, it's just, it was hard because I was like, mm, I kind of just want that representation. And I was just like, I guess, I guess I'll do it. But like I said, I didn't realize how big of a time commitment was going to be. And funny enough, like you'll notice there's this long gap on my YouTube page for a couple months. Because when I got the new job, like I was so swamped that like I didn't have time to do videos. And so I kind of like abandoned it for a while. <laughs> and then like in December, I went and looked on it. And like, I ha- I think when I stopped, I was at like 250 subscribers. And I went back in December and I had like a thousand and I was like, 
mm, I should have kept posting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so the so, thing is, so when I started off, like, um, it's not even probably in my tube, but you know, on my phone, I would just put the topics I want to do and I would try to say, you know what, I'm at least going to drop a video a week. So I started, I did that consistently for a while. And then the hard part used to be this portion of the content, the podcast part, because I was mm. I had to go find people. And then, you know, thinking about how I started off, like nobody really knows who you are. So you're just reaching now. And I had some like my YouTube channel. Now it's like most of, I rarely get a no now. And I don't know uh, if you've seen this yet. I'm going to send it to you in the chat. Uh, I have it on my uh, my landing page now, but this is thing called pod page that can make a, mm-hmm. you know, just a podcast page for you. And I connected my domain to it, but now I have that. So now I shoot that and then I have a podcast IG and, you know, I'm going to keep on saying almost every episode that I'm going to be like Joe Budden, a tech podcast. You know? <laughs> I, I think eventually I will get um, maybe some co-hosts, uh, maybe a, mm-hmm. a, a woman, maybe two women, maybe one man, another woman eventually. But that needs to be when it's more money involved. I want people wasting their time just to do it. Yeah. And uh, Cause right now I can afford to do this. Cause I mean, I don't get much from uh, YouTube, but it's, it's a start to what I get from what I, I post on here. Um, mm-hmm. so. like I just started like looking into like monetizing my YouTube. Cause like, I still don't have the watch hours yet. Like that's like the thing that I'm trying to like work on now lately, but it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, I know it's going to come. It's just like, I make it a point to make my videos very short. So it's like pros and cons. Like people will watch them, but it doesn't really get my watch no, out. They need to be longer. The longer the video, the the better. Because let's say, for instance, you made a five minute video and a fifteen minute video, and so for the five minute video, they only watch one minute or two minutes and thirty seconds. But the fifteen minute, they did like four minutes. So even though they didn't finish it, you still get more watch time on a longer video. That's the reason why they right. Push YouTube so I'm not sure if you noticed, like. Like two weeks ago, no, two weeks, whatever the last time I posted, I started putting up, like, you know how you said you were kind of like adding new content, new content I was adding was like the study with me. And now I'll probably throw in like code with me videos because those get to be really, really long and people can just throw them on in the background while they're working. So that somebody watches one of those and puts on for a study session. That's like an easy hour of watch hours. So like, that's what I'm trying to like swivel into just to like, knock yeah, it that, I, that's kind of like I'm probably going to do like when I start doing my, my um, some more of my Azure stuff. Like I'm gonna probably go the the security route for Azure, um, so mm-hmm. I do that next cert and and go there because I'm technically I'm technical, non technical at work. It's just in my role, but I like to stay technical, especially mm-hmm. with different people uh, going to different companies. I could probably try to do something a little bit more technical. I like doing I like yeah. task based stuff over um, having to just do a set thing the whole day. I like just give me what I need to do and let me knock it out and I can go enjoy my day. I don't like yeah. sitting in my computer and stuff all day or trying to wait for a message to come in. That's kind of what I'm getting used to here. Like I'm used to like having teams and all that on my phone to where if I ain't working on nothing, I could just be doing something and then message back on my phone and then head back to my computer and not trying to hear somebody message me and do all that other stuff. So yeah, um, that's dope. So uh, what, what, how many, how many watch hours you need? 
uh, I'm still I'm still pretty far behind. Like I look today and I I have like sixty percent, so I still got like forty yeah, percent. You can you can. So it's a couple ways you can do that. You probably can start trying to you know they, a lot of people call it in this in this uh space struggle streaming, uh, <laughs> but you can you can start doing some streams whenever you can. Uh, yeah, you can. I I know like I've developed a little formula where I post stuff like early in the morning, so by the time my people that watch my content get up. They can do it. Do you use any, like, do you use, like, VidIQ or TubeBuddy? Um, I use TubeBuddy. I use, so most mm-hmm. of my videos, I use TubeBuddy's uh, Keyword Explorer for my stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it'll let me know, okay, this is good SEO. Like, that, uh, I released that reaction video to the six, well, he actually, what he said, seven non-coding tech jobs to make 100K plus in 2022. I think I released that, mm-hmm. like, on Saturday morning, and it did good. And then this last one I did, that snippet from me and 50s, uh, podcast episode was uh pretty much i i i, I clickbaited it just for people to click on it because it's not necessarily <laughs> just about certification to get security thing but the the thumbnail also says ditch the comptia a plus because i start mm-hmm. the thing off with saying like hey man forget a plus this ain't 2008 that's what he like that's what he says <laughs> and, it, and then people you know that's gonna keep you get in and keep on watching what we're gonna say so it's, yeah. it's little tips and, and tricks you can do um Honestly, Answer questions in your time. next couple of videos. Oh, what were you saying? Answer questions. So if somebody said, Oh, that's what I always do. But the issue is just like editing takes me so long. Like, you know what's funny? I filmed four videos at the beginning of January. Like I had all my videos planned out for January. But then I was doing certifications and then I went to Miami and then I was like, mm, I just never got around to editing them. Like probably what after you? this, I'm gonna edit a video. What do you use quick, to edit? I really need to put one. Hmm? What you use to edit? Um Hit Film Express, it's free. <laughs> okay. And hey, look, free stuff is good, but I will tell you, um, I did switch to a MacBook early last year. Uh, so I use Final Cut Pro. I still have Premiere Pro. Um, DaVinci Resolve is a free one that I'll, I will tell you to look into. It'll be a little learning curve, mm-hmm. but you'll like it. And then if you like it you, for a lifetime use, I think you can pay like 200, 300 bucks. But DaVinci mm-hmm. Resolve is cool. I, that's why I first used when I used to edit. I, I still like DaVinci Resolve. But since I have, um, a Mac. I'm I'm using Final Cut Pro now. I'm trying it out. Uh, I'm on the fence on like if I want to switch to a Mac. So here's the game I'm playing with myself this year. So this boot camp that I'm doing, like in six weeks, we're supposed to start getting freelance clients. Um, so I'm like, if I start freelancing on the side, like I told myself, I was like, if I make enough money freelancing to like contribute towards a MacBook, I'll treat myself to a MacBook as a reward because I really don't need one. Like I have a good laptop. <laughs> I just I just kind of want one, you know? <laughs> yeah. I ain't going to lie. And I've been looking like to get my, like, I'm not a master editor or anything, but I mean, I would love to get better at it, but I want some, some stuff to edit. Um, but I, your stuff, look, I mean, your stuff be looking good though, but you know. Thank you. I'd be trying. <laughs> I, know, I, I actually enjoy the editing part. It's As long as it's going the way it needs to go. Like I've been editing That's the thing. It's like, I like it. I'll have fun. But then I'll look back and be like, oh, I spent four hours making a 10 minute video. Like, why? Why did really? I do this to myself? Does like, it, like, it take a long time for it to load up? Or what's the what's the issue you think you run into? It did. I finally upgraded the RAM in my computer. So like we finally killed that issue where like I can multitask a little bit more. Um, what about a GPU? Uh, mine has one. It's not like the best one. It's not like one of like the name brand ones. It's an MSI laptop, so it's a gaming laptop, so it has a GPU. Um, yeah. I just don't know how great one it is. So like it's I been doing better ever since. I think desktops are probably the then. best at, at editing. 
Yeah, probably, but then I got. I use a laptop too. I'm just saying, eventually, I do need to get to like a. (laughs) I need to. I need to get one that I could just edit, like just off the desktop, and um. And I think my issue is I. I keep adding like lately. I've been trying to like get more creative with my editing, so that's like part of the issue. Is like I'm trying new stuff, so like I keep trying stuff and being eh, don't like it, but like I keep doing that. It takes forever. Like I need to just like choose a formula and just stick with it. Like choose what my intro is going to be, choose what's going to be the background music if I'm going to have one in the back, like kind of like low, like just lock that type of stuff down. But right now, because like I just started trying that stuff, like it's still a little bit in flux. Yeah. I uh I typically now what I've been doing, I just get the, the songs I like in the beginning and then I put them in a folder so I have everything I need. Mm-hmm. And then I just drag it down and see which one I like that sounds the best with the um uh, with the video. But I had the Final Cut Pro is a little different from Adobe. If I put some on negative thirty D B, it's still a little louder than when I do that in uh Premiere Pro. So I have to figure out the good medium of that uh that music because sometimes it, it's hard because it sounds different on different speakers too because like i have i have my laptop speakers and i also have like desk speakers and sometimes like i'll forget to switch between the two and i'll hear mm-hmm. it on one i'm like why does this sound totally different from when i was editing like and i'm Not like mention, i haven't you even tried with your, and get on a phone right when you edit it with your headphones on too like it's picking up everything so you sometimes you know man it's too loud or whatever but um uh, you know it is what it is when it comes to that but uh <laughs> I think this was a, a very successful episode. Um, <laughs> I think that we got a lot of things talked about, accomplished, pretty much talked about how you hate networking, but you're good at it, kind of. <laughs> uh, how you move from the help desk. Um, kind of you being a, a black woman in tech and representation matters. It's funny, like you said the same thing uh Shout out to Maya Alexis. We had did a pod episode the other day, and she was talking about the same thing about like not seeing anybody that look like them when they Google stuff on YouTube. So, um, for all my black people watching now, there is a space for y'all on YouTube. It's still not enough of us on here. So, start yes. start your channels up, start your podcasts up, and just stay consistent. Post videos for when I'm on vacation, <laughs> right? Just stay consistent. That's the reason why I have all these pre-recorded podcast episodes so I can just release them for if I have to take time off. But um, and just be knowledgeable. Try to give good information. Don't just say stuff to um, get people to watch it. It's gonna come back to bite you, especially if I come across it and review your video. I will shred you up. I will find you, but. <laughs> Um, this has been another episode of Textual Talk. Uh, hey, Dom, you want to tell everybody where they can follow you at on social media? Yeah, so YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, all the same handle, Dom's Tech Chat. That's D-O-M-S, Tech Chat. Um, also, I have a website now, domstechchat.com. Um, and on LinkedIn, you can find me at Dominique Thomas. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all already know where y'all can find me at, man. Check out thetextualtalk.com for everything that's related to the Textual Talk podcast. Check me out on textualconsulting.com. If you need to go ahead and get a consultation, you can get one there. And, you know, like I always say, let's get textual. And we out. Mm-hmm.